thank you, Jesus, that you are in us. Holy Spirit, you are with us. We just take a, a moment just to acknowledge you for who you are. You are worthy of praise tonight. You are worthy of worship. We just lift up holy hands to a holy God tonight. And we worship you in the beauty of your holiness, which has become our holiness. We just exalt you for what you've done, Jesus. You made the way, you are the way. And because of you, we are accepted in the beloved. We are perfect and complete. We are righteous. We are healed. We are abundantly supplied. We have an inheritance that does not fade or rust or run out, Jesus. We are fully satisfied in you. So we just praise you tonight as we abide in the vine and acknowledge you as our source tonight. And we just thank you for what you have planned for tonight, Lord. For those that are listening on the podcast, God, and those that are here with us live tonight. Lord, I thank you that you know every single thing about all of us. You know what concerns us, God. You know the needs that we have. You know the prayers that we've been praying. You know the things that we have been declaring, God, and the promises that we've been standing on, Lord. And I just thank you that tonight is a divine appointment for every listener. I thank you, Father, that you have words of confirmation. You have words of direction. You have words of encouragement. You have words of strength tonight, Lord. So I just thank you. It's a word in due season. I thank you even that as I speak, Father, I thank you that you're the one that's really speaking. I just release the voice of the Lord. I release the word of the Lord tonight that each and every listener needs to hear. And Father, I just yield as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable and pleasing unto you. Because that's, that's my reasonable service, God. So have your way. We just, we just call forth your agenda tonight. We call forth your message tonight, God, and we just thank you in advance for doing exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask, all that we can think according to that power that works in us. We thank you, Jesus. Thank you for being our Lord and our Savior, our Deliverer, our Redeemer. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for being our teacher, our comforter, our intercessor, our standby. Ah, and thank you, Father, for being our provider, the lover of our soul, the identity giver, our never-ending source of love. We bless you and we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, we've been... Um,
teaching on a, a series really for the last several weeks, and I, I'm going to jump off on it again tonight, and we'll see where we go. Uh, the foundation scripture is from Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5, but I've been reading it out of the Passion Translation. I love that translation so much, and, and here's what it's, we'll start with it tonight, and here's what it says. It says, trust in the Lord completely. And do not rely on your own opinions. With all of your heart, rely on him to guide you. And he will lead you in every decision you make. I really like this translation because, of course, in the New King James, it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not rely on your own understanding. That's usually how we we think of it. But I like the way the passion says to do not rely on your own opinions. We've been talking about this concept of thinking with God. And we've been given the mind of Christ, but it's really about are we accessing it? Are we thinking at at a level of the thoughts of God? Or are we relying on our own understanding and our own perceptions and our own opinions and our own just the physical senses and the physical sensory input that we get all the time. Are we, are we walking according to that knowledge and that insight and that understanding? Or are we really tuned in to the voice of the Lord? And are, are, are we awake? Are we, are we seeing the, the spiritual evidence and not just the physical evidence. You know, the, the, the physical realm is the realm where the enemy likes to deceive. He likes to come in with all kinds of circumstances and situations and obstacles and trials and temptations to, to just try to convince us that something other than what God has promised and what Jesus has accomplished is true. You know, and if you're dealing with a health challenge, he'll give you a doctor's report. He'll give you a symptom in your body that feels more real than the fact that Jesus became sin and sickness on the cross and that by his stripes we are healed. If he'll come in with some type of financial challenge and want you to look at the natural realm of maybe unpaid bills or your the balance in your bank account or uh, have you look at uh, just a future that that you just don't know how you're going to have enough rather than look into the unseen realm and see that you're a joint heir with Jesus and that you are one with the King of Kings and that if the silver is, is his and the gold is his, well, guess what? The silver is yours and the gold is yours and that there are miracles in your mouth. There are, there are, that you were born to dominate the seen realm, not be a, a victim to the seen realm. And, and so the, the physical evidence is always trying to get us to form an opinion that is different from the opinion of God or the, the truth of God or the promise of God or the perspective of God. Colossians um, in chapter 3, I specifically like the way, I believe it's in the, the, the Passion Translation again. Let me just double-check the translation of this. Uh, it says, nope, it's the message. Let me go here really quick, talking about this perspective and, uh, and, and the natural realm and how it tries to get us to, to have an opinion that is not the mind of God. It's not the mind of Christ. 
Here's what it says. It says, so if you're serious, chapter 3, verse 1. So if you're serious about living this new resurrection life with Christ, act like it. Pursue the things over which Christ presides. Don't shuffle along, eyes to the ground, absorbed with the things right in front of you. Look up and be alert to what's going on around Christ. That's where the action is. See things from his perspective. And so it's very easy to shuffle along, eyes to the ground, especially when there's pressure. And that's where that, the enemy uses the scene realm. He uses the circumstances. He uses the circumstances to apply pressure. Uh, and, and the goal is to see what are you going to do? What does this person really believe? Are they going to operate out of the place of revelation and discernment and abiding in the vine and, and operating with the mind of Christ, the way Jesus operated as one with the Father? I mean, you know, the pressure would come on him and he would, he would just, he would speak to the storm. You know, he, he, what came out of him under pressure was the word of God. But are, are, or are we going to, are we going to bow down to a, the opinion uh, of, of human reasoning and human intellect and be like Philip when there was all these uh, people to feed and they didn't have enough. And, you know, they, he looked at his wallet, he looked at his little bit, and he's like, you know, we don't have enough to feed the multitude. So where, what are we going to do? Are we going to walk around with our eyes down to the ground or are we going to look up? When they say look up, it means look from a higher perspective where you, are, you and I are seated in heavenly places inside of Christ. We, are, we live in the king, in the kingdom. And from this place, you know, what it says, it says, pursue the things over which Christ presides. Well, Christ presides over everything. All things are under his feet. Sin, sickness, death, lack, strife, all things been put under his feet. And so the mind of Christ and God's opinion, first and foremost, is always a victorious opinion. It's always a victorious perspective. It's always uh, seeing you a- a- as the one that is dominating the circumstances rather than the circumstances dominating you. This is why Jesus, as he was one with the Father, could sleep in the storm. He could just take a nap while the disciples were afraid that they were going to be killed in this storm. That this storm was going to take them out. That this was it. That they were never going to get to the other side. Jesus was assured. He, he was assured of his destiny. He was assured of who the Father had created him to be. That he was the Son of Man. He was the Son of God. And that he had been given dominion over all things including the storm, including the circumstances. And so time and time again, we see Jesus demonstrating what a victorious mindset looks like, what a, what a, what a, a, a sonship mindset looks like, what a mindset uh, that is connected to the Father's mind and the Father's heart, it, what it looks like. And it looks like uh, a walking miracle. That's what it looks like. Uh, someone who's operating with the, the mind of Christ and not leaning on their own opinions, opinions and trusting the Lord with all their, their heart. This is someone who, when they show up, it's, it's, it's miracle time. It's miracle time. It, you are a walking manifestation of the kingdom of God if you just tune in and stay awake and you realize what the what 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 is the word of the lord asking you to speak in this situation i heard it again there are miracles in your mouth 
There are miracles in your mouth. And I, I've been really meditating on this particular phrase as of late. And I, I believe it's true. I mean, I believe that God is, has prepared the body of Christ, that he has, he has a purpose and a, a plan for the body of Christ that, that requires us to operate in the supernatural. I mean, God is le- leading you. This is the phrase. God is leading you into a place where the supernatural is not optional because that is where your true potential is revealed. Your true potential is supernatural. Your true potential is a, is, is one as a dominator. It's one as a, a storm stiller, stiller. Yeah. It's one as a, as a, as a, a lack cursor. It's one as a, a miracle worker. And, and when we look at the, the ministry of Jesus, I think sometimes we need to go back and read it and we need to recognize that this is the guy that's alive in us. This is the same guy that was doing all the miracles in Mark and doing all the miracles in Luke and John and, and Matthew. He, he was a miracle worker by the power of the Holy Spirit and operating as one with the Father. And you, because he's alive in you, are living this, you're the continuation of the Gospels. This is the gospel according to, you know, Kara. This is the gospel according to mercy. This is the gospel according uh, to Frank and John. Not John in the Bible, but Johnny. You know, this is, you have a story. You have a, a, a revelation of who Jesus is that is coming from your life, from your circumstances, from your trials, from your temptations. You know, you may not be having to feed a multitude out in the wilderness, but you may need to, to have uh, the, the resources to pay for your relatives' uh, mortgages. You may have to have uh, resources to do something super, super above what you can do in the natural And so don't think you're doing something wrong because you're out in a place where you're being required to walk on water. No, you are doing it absolutely right. And this is an opportunity for you to manifest the glory of God and the mind of Christ in the practical challenge of whatever situation that you are facing. Hey! And so... Uh, I just, I just want to do this really quick. I want to break off any condemnation or any kind of accusation or any kind of, uh, words that have been spoken over people that have come to, to accuse that there is something that you are not doing, that there is something that you're supposed to be doing, that you're not doing. I break those words off right now in Jesus' name because this is not about your righteousness. This is about His righteousness. This is not about what you can earn. This is about what He has done. Oh! And so right now in the name of Jesus, I just break off that condemnation. I break off that guilt. I break off that shame. And I put, I straighten up your crown. I straighten up your crown right now. And I say, you are a royal heir. You are a royal heir and you are seated on the throne. And I, I just pick you back up and I put you right back on daddy's lap, right there on the throne, right there. And I just thank you, Lord, that right now they're going to sink right back into you. They're going to sink right back into that place of dominion, that place of royalty, that place Father, where they rule and reign in Christ with the same authority that Jesus Christ uh, captured God when he rose from the grave, when he defeated death and he defeated sin and he defeated Satan and he disarmed the principalities and he overcame the curse and he became the, the ruler of the seen <laughs> and the ruler of the unseen, the ruler who sits outside of time and dominates time, God. I thank you that that is who they live in. That is who they
they move in, and that is who they have their being in, God. And so I lift them back up to this place where they are clean, where they are strengthened, where they are strong in the Lord and the power of his might, Father. Yes, I put the scepter back in their hand, the scepter of authority. Father, I put the ring back on their finger, the ring of marriage, the ring that signifies that everything that he has belongs to them and everything that they have belongs to him. I think that this is a a complete union that has happened, Father, here on this throne. And I just call them into that place, yeah, of, of, of marriage covenant with the with the one who owns it all, the one who won it all. <laughs> yes, Lord. And I put on the, the robe of righteousness, that throne uh, on their throne right now, Father, this cape, this beautiful robe that belongs to the body of Jesus himself. Father, this is the robe of royalty. This is the robe, yes, hallelujah, of victory, of victory, God. Oh, hallelujah. I clothe, I clothe you with honor tonight. I clothe you with the honor that comes from the only begotten son where you live inside. You live inside that place of honor. You're, you're hidden inside that place of honor. There is nothing that can separate you from him. And I just thank you, Lord. We just wash shame. We wash guilt. We wash condemnation off today. Hallelujah. And I break those words. I break those accusations. Thank you, Father. Thank you that there is no accusation for the one who lives inside of Christ. There is no condemnation. There is no guilty verdict. There is no judgment for that person, Father, for that one, that chosen one, that redeemed one that lives inside of Christ. And so I just wash you today with the blood of the lamb. I purge your conscience from every dead work with the blood of the lamb right now father i just release a washing a washing of dead works a washing a washing a washing a a cleansing now father right now in jesus name right now hallelujah and i just begin to speak that this is your finest hour this is the the hour of your greatest breakthrough of your this is your font yeah i see that lord this is the the that time of breakthrough this is the time of of aha the release This is the release of glory right now, Father. Thank you. Thank you, Father. Praise you, Jesus. And I just see the Lord coming around wherever you may be. If you're, if you're listening to the podcast, geez, you might be in the car. I don't know. You might be in your, in your bedroom right now or in the, you might be taking a shower. I listen to podcasts in the shower sometimes. And if you're here, wherever you're seated, I just want you to receive just the ministry of Jesus right now, just washing your feet. I just see the Lord coming and, and washing your feet, washing your feet, washing your feet, reestablishing you. Yes, thank you, Jesus. He says, I've come to serve you. Hallelujah. I've come to serve you. Serve your destiny. Serve your family. Serve your needs. I've come to serve you. Yes, you have been serving, but I've called, I've, I'm coming to serve you. As you serve, I'm serving you. And so, Lord, I thank you that even as their people are getting their feet washed right now, Lord, I thank you that there's a, there's a strength being renewed. There's a, a release of, there's a release of honor. That's what I hear. A release of honor. You are honored in heaven. You are honored by the one who is (laughs) worthy of honor. (laughs) Yes, 
You are honored by the one who is actually worthy of honor. He can give honor because he's worthy of it. And he's got it. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And I just hear the Lord saying, don't look to the left. Don't look to the right. Look to me. Look to me. Don't look to the wind. Don't look to the waves. Look at me. Look at me. Look at me. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. And I, I just um I just invite you as you're sitting down on your throne <laughs> in the heaven, in inside of your father, inside of your daddy, daddy God, as Jesus washes your feet. I just, I just encourage you to look around. Open your eyes and see what you see. See the kingdom. See whatever the Father wants to show you today. I sense that there's just a, a specific vision, a specific imagination that he wants you to grab hold of tonight from this place of honor, from this place of royalty, from this place of where you actually abide, where you actually live. This is, this is where you're being called to live from, I hear the Lord saying. This is your inheritance. This place right here is what Jesus' blood has purchased for you. You have, you have, the door is wide open to this place. It can never be shut. And this is where you are called to rule and reign. Whew, thank you, Lord. And so I just invite you to <laughs> see what, see what the angels are doing. Where, what are they bringing <laughs> in this place of honor? Since this is a, this is a night of honor for you. The Lord said, this is a night that I'm, I'm here to honor you tonight. So how are the angels honoring you? What does honor look like for you in heaven? Who? See, all of heaven recognizes you. But I hear the Lord saying, the question is, do you recognize you? In this place, you will begin to recognize yourself. You'll begin to see not only things from my perspective, you'll begin to see yourself from my perspective. And I honor you, child. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Everything you need is found in this place. Every thought you need to think is found in this place. Every word that you need to speak is heard from this place. The challenge is just staying here because the enemy is, he is, he is continually trying to cause you to forget what is real, who you are, 
and tempt you to believe that you lack something that you already have been given. Same thing he did with Eve in the garden. Yeah. Thank you, Lord. And so I just, again, I'm just going to say it again, that you have been led into a place where the supernatural is not optional. You've been led, you're being led into a place where faith is how you live. But it's also how you overcome the world, child. So this is not a time for you to, to be uh, sad or to, to think, like I said, that you're doing something wrong. This is a time to rejoice because you are being taught. You're being equipped to strip <laughs> the enemy. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hmm. Earlier I was I pulled up the scripture because I when I think about having to to really depend on the supernatural or go into the place where you're having to really walk by faith and it's not a joke. It's not, you know, we're not just playing church. <laughs> you know, you can go a lot of places and play church and but in the kingdom, you know, you're not playing anything. You're, 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 you're taking over. You're taking over. You're taking dominion. You're making the earth be transformed and look like heaven. And there is no way to do that except miraculously. There's no way to do that except through the same way that the Father did it in the beginning when he said, let there be light. And he just began to speak into the darkness and into the void. And he began to transform uh, what was cursed into the Garden of Eden. And so there's no other way to, to, to do what you have been called to do ultimately by God. Like you can do a lot of things naturally, but not what you're called by God to do. Not what you are on the planet to do. Not the assignments that you've been given to do by the Father. No, those require the supernatural. They require that you live out of a place of sonship and oneness. And yes, is it hard? It's hard because we haven't come to the place where we're fully integrated with Jesus at a subconscious level. We still kind of, we can get brought out by the circumstances, by our own tiredness. We can, we, we just, it's a, it's a, a fight of faith to stay in the place where you are operating from the throne and operating from the place uh, of dominion. And so one of the, the things that I felt led that one of the, the stories I wanted to talk about tonight was when, when Jesus was walking on water and, and, and he had been out praying, it was a, in the middle of the night and I'll, I'll read it here in a moment, but he, 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 after he'd been praying alone, he comes back down and he's walking on the water and, and the disciples actually think he's a ghost. And then Jesus says, you know, no, it's me. Don't be afraid. And Peter's like, if that's you, let me come out there with you. And so let me read it because I feel like this is a, a perfect story to remind us of, of how if we're going to, to really fulfill our, our full potential in Christ and really do the things that he's called us to do, Yes, step one, we're going to have to get out of the boat <laughs> and we're going to have to step out on the water. But step number two, if we're going to keep, we're going to keep above the natural realm, if we're going to keep walking on the water and, and, and 
really keep making progress, we're going to have to continue to look at Jesus and look not look at the seen realm, not look at the physical evidence, not look at uh, the way it may appear in the natural. And so in verse 22 of, of Matthew 14, it says, As soon as the people were fed, Jesus told his disciples to get into their boat and go to the other side of the lake while he stayed behind to dismiss the people. Now, verse 22 to me is, is, a, is a picture of you getting an assignment, of God telling you to, he's giving you an assignment, a kingdom assignment. And the, the first thing I want to say about that is there's a lot of people that are walking around in the world today who have no clue about what, their, what, what assignments God has given them to do. They're just living natural lives, going to college, getting a job, getting married, getting a house, 2.3 cars, 4.5 kids, living whatever the American dream is they think that they're supposed to be living. And they are completely tuned out to the idea that God has assignments and a purpose and a destiny for their life. And he that is faithful over little becomes ruler over much. And so every assignment is important, no matter what, what it may be. I mean, you know, I, at one point I was an ass, assigned to go work for Bill Winston and, and be basically a glorified secretary. Now, I didn't, I mean, that wasn't my 50-year assignment, but it was an assignment for a season. And so here, Jesus is giving his disciples an, a, an assignment. But guess what? It, it doesn't seem like an impossible si- an assignment necessarily. It just tells them to get into the boat and go to the other side of the lake. He dismisses them, and then, of course, the crowds disappear, and it says in verse 23 that Jesus went up in the hills to pray. And as night fell, he was praying alone with God. In verse, 20, in verse 24, though, it says, But the disciples who were now in the middle of the lake ran into trouble. It says, for their boat was tossed about by the high winds and the heavy seas. And so what this means is here, here they are. They got an assignment to go to the other side of the lake. And somehow they're in the middle of their assignment and they're running into trouble. So just because you run into trouble, just because things start to look a little bad or you, it seems like, oh gosh, I don't know if I'm going to survive this assignment, it doesn't mean that you've missed something. It doesn't mean that you, you didn't hear God correctly. Uh, it, it, matter of fact, it's probably a, con- a confirmation that you did hear God. Because why? Because you are, you're called to do it supernaturally. You're not, this assignment is, an, is not about what you can do. It's about what God wants to do through you. And so here it says they're in the middle of the lake. They ran into trouble. There was high winds and heavy seas. And about 4 o'clock in the morning, this is, this, is, this is middle of the night, it says Jesus came to them walking on the waves. And so the, the thing to notice about this is, is that Jesus is not, he doesn't, his, his, he, had, he doesn't have the same opinion about wind and waves that most of us have about that. Matter of fact, when he looks at wind and waves, when he looks at a, a, a stormy lake, apparently the way he thinks is, wow, I can get out there and walk on this. This isn't, this, there's nothing about this that scares me. I was born for this. This is a, when I do this, this manifests my dominion. This manifests that, that I'm not subject to the laws of nature and the laws of gravity and the laws that, that govern nature. It's actually an opportunity for him, when he sees it, to show who he is. And it's interesting here because it says when the disciples saw him walking on top of the water, they were terrified and screamed a ghost. This is how out of tune they were with their true identity. 
Here they were with the same potential as Jesus. They're also water walkers. They don't even know it. But when they see a demonstration of what is possible in their lives, they, did, they just didn't even know what to say. They just said, hey, it must be a ghost. But Jesus said to them, be brave and don't be afraid. I am here. And then Peter, you got to love Peter. He said, Lord, if it's really you, have me join you on the water. And Jesus replied, come and join me. I want you just to, I'm going to say that to you tonight. Come and join me. Come and join me in the water walkers club. Come and join me in the, this is impossible, but I make it look easy club. (laughs) Come and join Jesus. Come and join Jesus in the sonship club in the in the place where walking on water is normal operated in the supernatural isn't doesn't cause us to fear it causes us to get excited it causes us to not make it mean something about us except the only thing that it like negative about us the only thing it causes us to to think about us is well i'm going to have to step into the supernatural me. I'm going to have to step into Jesus to see this victory. And so Peter, sure enough, he gets out of the boat. It says he stepped out of the water and began to walk towards Jesus. It says, but when he realized how high the waves were, he became frightened and started to sink. And another translation, let me pull it up right here in the Amplified Version. This translation, I mean, this scripture, it says that when he saw the effects of the wind, he was frightened. I'm going to read in another, let me try this one and see. Here it is, it says in the the classic amplified, it says, when he perceived and felt the strong wind, he was frightened and he began to sink. And so this goes back to this perception and, and looking to the physical. You know, when you're out there doing the impossible, you're on this assignment that God has given you to do, and, man, you're just having to do it supernaturally. There's no other way. And truthfully, there isn't. The reason there isn't is because the enemy thinks this stuff is his. He's sitting on the promised land just like he was when when the Israelites were crossing over. These giants are in the land, and they actually think this is their territory, that this is their money, that this is their assets, that this is their town, that this is their state, that this is their region. And so they sit there like squatters, and the only thing that will move them off, the devil is not moved by your crying or he's moved by power it it takes power to displace territorial spirits it takes power to displace poverty spirits and and the spirits of intimidation and that that the the accuser of the brethren that it, it, it he only moves by power and so he's always trying to get you to be in fear Look at the situation. Look at the wind. Look at the waves. Forget about what Jesus said. Forget about what he said about the assignment. He wants you to sink and forget who you are. Forget whose you are. Forget who sent you. But 
when he started to sink, when Peter started to sink, he said, save me, Lord. And Jesus stretched out his hand, lifted him up and says, what little faith you have. Why would you let doubt win? It says when the very moment they stepped into the boat, the raging wind ceased. Now I read this a lot of times and I, I, I feel like the Lord has told me for years, I'm training you in the storm. And I read this story and I notice that when Jesus got into the boat, the raging wind immediately stopped. And I, I used to have this kind of vision one time of, it's almost like the circumstances are designed to reveal really what we believe. I used to have this kind of vision of, I would call it like this circumstance simulator. And it was like there was this training academy in heaven. And, you know, he would line up the disciples or us, you know, Jesus' disciples, those being trained in sonship. And it's like he could put us in this room and then, I don't know, push these buttons or something. And then all of a sudden in the circumstance simulator, it's like there was a virtual reality that, you know, all of a sudden you got thrown into. Maybe it was a storm. Maybe it was a, a financial challenge. Maybe it was a, a, a physical challenge you got. You got. And then it, the whole point of the circumstance simulator was to see how are they going to react. Are they going to react with faith? Are they going to react with fear? Are they going to keep their eyes on what I've said? Are they going to speak to the storm? Are they going to speak the word only? How is this disciple going to, how is this disciple, this son in training, how are they going to react? And I, I think sometimes if we'll start to think about our circumstances, even not necessarily as being real, but being something that is being orchestrated by the enemy to see what we're made of. There's a scripture in James that tells us to you know, count it all joy when we enter into diverse trials and tri uh, tribulations. And, you know, when you first kind of hear that, you think, well, that doesn't sound very good. Um, here's what it says in the, let me just give it here in the Passion Translation in James. It says this, it says, My fellow believers, when it seems as though you're facing nothing but difficulties... See it as an invaluable opportunity to experience the greatest joy that you can. For you know that when faith is tested, it stirs a power within you to endure all things. And then as your endurance grows even stronger, it will release perfection into every part of your being until there is nothing missing and nothing lacking. But I like the way it says this, that when your faith is tested, it means when the storm rides, when the, when the storm is stirred up, well, guess what? The power within you is also stirred up. And when the storm is stirred up, the power to overcome the storm is there. It, it's grace. There's more grace in the storm. It, there, there's grace to, to, to end your race. There is grace for whatever you face. <laughs> Whew. 
But it does require that you get off of these physical senses, that you get off of the, the circumstances, that you, you do whatever you've got to do to keep your eyes open and, and your spiritual senses sharp so that you aren't being moved by the wind and the waves. And instead, the, the Jesus inside of you is being released through you. This is the way the, the mind of Christ is always thinking like, this is an opportunity to glorify God. This is an opportunity for God to be faithfully who he says he is. He is not a liar. He is not a liar. Whoo, the cross actually happened. The curse was actually reversed. <laughs> yes, Lord. Ah, thank you, Jesus. Thank you. And so don't get discouraged like you're doing something wrong <laughs> when you are actually right in the middle of being proof that God is who he says he is. God is going to prove that he is who he says he is through your life and through this assignment that you've been given. Thank you, Lord. I, the last thing I just kind of feel led to talk about is the this, um, you know, what do you do when you feel yourself sinking? If you've been walking with the Lord very long, you've been walking long enough to know, you, sometimes we're sinking, we know we're sinking, we don't know what to do about, you know, it's like, what do I do when I feel myself sinking? Well, if you are mature enough to feel yourself sinking, <laughs> that's, a, that's a lot of growth right there. <laughs> you know, just to, just to be in a place where you're like, okay, I'm sinking, I'm going under, I need, I need something, Lord, I can feel it, I'm go, I'm, I, I know my thoughts aren't right, I know that what I'm thinking isn't with the mind of Christ, I know I'm, I'm magnifying the wrong thing, my emotions are getting the best of me, I, I just am not feeling what is true right now, what do I do? And I just hear the Lord saying, it is A-okay to ask, just say help. The same way Peter did. Save me, Jesus. <laughs> Save me. Help me, Jesus. Because <laughs> Peter recognized he was about to sink. And, you know, Jesus just, whew, he just reached him right back up there. Got him back in the, got him back in the boat safely. See, here's what I want you to know, that you're not going to be given more. You're not going to die. God's not going to put you in a storm that's going to kill you. When it gets too much, you can say, hey, <laughs> hey, all right, all right, I've come to my limit. And you know what? He'll, he'll, he'll calm the storm. He'll get you to the shore. It's called breakthrough. There'll be a breakthrough. There'll be a breakthrough. Now, granted, it's not the last storm. Not the last, not the last opportunity you're going to have to walk on water. But recognize that you're being trained. That's what God, I hear God saying. You're being trained. You're being trained to, to be just like Jesus, to live just like Jesus, to operate just like Jesus, with Jesus operating through you, one with the Father, speaking to those storms where the supernatural is normal. And I'll tell you, the mental training 
This is mental training, saints. It really is. It's mental training. It is mental training where you are learning that you have no choice but to focus on what is true and what is real and what is lovely and, 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 and what the Lord has spoken and thinking, God, okay, God, what, 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 what do I think? I mean, I, I think most of my journal for the last, you know, goodness, as long as I can even think about it, maybe the last year, is God, tell me what to think. Tell me what to see. I'm not even going to think independently. I'm not, not going to speak. I, I don't even know how to judge the situation. I, I give up all of that. And I just, just tell me what to think. Tell me what to say. And most of the time, the Holy Spirit will will give you a vision. He'll give you something to see. He'll, he'll, he'll give you something to stand on. And granted, yes, the pressure is, is very, very real to see something besides what the, what the Lord is showing you or to say something that what God is telling you to say. But that pressure is really working a good work in you. It's working a good work in you. It's definitely not pleasant at times. But I want to speak that to you, that the, the pressure is forming you. You are being formed. Ho! Oh, in the pressure. Ho! Oh, you are being conformed. Ha, ha, ha! In the pressure. Who oh, Into the image. Into the image of the one who lives inside of you. You are being conformed. The pressure is conforming you. It's like a mold. It's like a pressure mold pressuring you into the place of union and oneness with Jesus where independence it, you just you don't have you don't you don't have an option independence has becomes it just becomes not an option because the only way through is the way he's taking you And so, Lord, I just release grace to us all. I release grace in the storm, grace in the, in the fire, grace in the pressure, Father. And, Lord, I just release the, 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 the pressure valve, Lord. <laughs> I just release the pressure valve. And I open that thing up, Father, so that I can say, Lord, that, these, that even though there is pressure, we don't feel it. Thank you, Lord, that we're coming into a place where we can be under pressure, but we can still be cool, calm, relaxed, collected, just like Jesus sleeping in the storm. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. And I just have this picture of, not sure exactly, but it's like a, it's like a home run. And the, the guy's running around the bases and he's sliding into home. And I hear the Lord saying, I've called you to be a heavy hitter. <laughs> and, and, and what that means is that when you get up to bat, you hit it out of the ballpark. Every time, every time, every time, every time. And so it may look like you've got, you know, two strikes and you're about to strike out. Nope. You're about to hit it out of the ballpark. You're about to hit it out of the ballpark. Ah, thank you, Lord. Yeah, well, Father, I just pray. <laughs> For every person tonight, Lord, I, I just thank you that 
you are their strengthener. You are their their hope, Father. You are their comfort. And Lord, I thank you that there is a way that seems right to a man, but ends to the ends in death. And Lord, I thank you that you are teaching us in this time to get off of our own understanding, to get off of our own intellect and reasoning, Father, and to get out of that realm where the enemy can deceive and make us choose a path that leads to death. And, Lord, we're beginning to operate in a place of a higher level of discernment, a higher level of um, revelation, Father. Thank you that there's a just a, a pipeline, if you will, from our thoughts to your thoughts, that our minds are being molded together. There's a melding of minds. There's a molding of minds. And that you are teaching us to not just get off of our physical senses, God, but to get off of our own understanding. And so, Lord, I just thank you that whatever work needs to be done in our hearts and our minds so that we can depend on you completely. I thank you, Lord, that that's, that's, that's exactly what you're doing. And I thank you that you're going to finish the work. You're going to bring it to completion. And that you are 100 and whatever, 90% committed to delivering us from fear. And so, Father, we just, I just pray grace to every, every person tonight, Father, because that is, that's a deep work you're doing. That's a, that's an intense foundation you're building. That's a, that's a wonderful testimony that you are shaping and crafting. And I thank you, Lord, that it is also not necessarily easy for the person that you're doing that to. (laughs) So, Lord, I do speak grace. I speak grace and I speak peace and I speak strength and I speak help and I speak joy and I speak just all of the wonderful fruit of the Holy Spirit. I just declare, Lord, that they can eat that fruit so as much as they want, as much love, patience, kindness, gentleness, goodness. They can just eat it, eat it, eat it, eat it. Eat it for themselves, Lord. I just thank you that they can eat of your goodness as much as they need to, Father. As you finish the good work in them, Lord. Yeah, thank you, Father, for the upgrade. And we bless you for it in Jesus' name. Amen.